Welcome to Be Your Own Best Coach with JJ, the podcast. I believe that the best coach you can ever have is that one person that is staring straight back at you every morning in the mirror, you. Join me in discovering some key strategies so that you can create an empowered life and inspire others to live theirs. Your journey to being your own best coach starts right now. Welcome to Be Your Own Best Coach with JJ. Today I have the honor and privilege to interview Ruth Hibbert. Ruth Hibbert is a highly accomplished teacher, author, mindset coach, hypnotherapist and master practitioner who has taught, coached and led curriculum development in Australian primary, secondary and English language centre schools since 2006. A positive change maker in education, Ruth is an expert in building skills, confidence and positive relationships with students, parents and teachers, having taught over 3,000 students from a diverse range of social and learning needs. Ruth also uses unique, safe, five-dimensional therapies to facilitate self-healing for her clients aged 7 to 24. That's brilliant. Treating the root cause of negative emotions such as anxiety, depression, PTSD, and limiting beliefs. In December 2019, Ruth successfully self-published a personal development book titled Do Make Mistakes. The secret to success every teen should know. Recently, Ruth's success with teenagers and her book, Do Make Mistakes, has gained media attention, being interviewed and with articles published by six newspapers internationally and in Australia. Ruth is currently completing her second book for teachers, which will be released in March 2022. So not too too long to go. Uh, Welcome, Ruth. Hi, hi, JJ. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, I'm thrilled that you are here. And uh, look, you know, how, how long have you been teaching for? So is it 2006? Is that right? Yes, yeah. And I, I, I'm one of those teachers that always went into bat for students. So um, I ended up leaving teaching after 10 years and had, saying, you know, I've had enough of this. Um, I'm out. Yeah. Um, I was obsessed with studying success and I didn't like what I saw, so I, I headed out yeah. and then went into real estate and then went back in. I didn't even know that about you. Later. How many years have we known each other for? Uh, maybe eight. Yeah, about, yes, about that. I didn't even know that about you. That's interesting. Well, and when I say real estate, I was flipping houses with my sister. Oh, Wow. You know, I've, I I love houses and I, I often say there's a couple of things. If I wasn't a coach, I'd either be a cook uh, or I would be a, a TV interviewer. <laughs> I'd love to do that. Or I'd do something with houses. So, uh, yeah, that's exciting. So you've been teaching for a long time. And, like how have you, with everything that's happening in the world, how, how have you navigated What's happening with, and for, for those that are listening, we're going through COVID in Australia uh, at the moment. How have you navigated through all of that as a teacher? Oh, it's been really challenging. Yeah. Um, and 
having been in in school in the school system and out of the school system both having running my business alongside being in the school system during one of the most just the longest lockdowns that we had in Victoria yeah it was like 275 days in the Melbourne region yeah crazy Um, and the whole time it was just I had to lead myself and be my best my best self and my own best coach to stand up and just be a role model and a positive light for anyone who I saw online offline but particularly online and just bringing joy and love to through the camera was my my mission whether I was seeing a client for anxiety or I was teaching a numeracy improvement class session one-on-one or in a small group I just thought how can I bring humor or joy or light you know through the the camera to young people when there's a world full of uncertainty yeah and you know certain as humans we crave certainty and I can imagine with you know the younger generation how they're dealing with it particularly when relationships are so important you know at the younger ages when they can't catch up with their friends uh, and there's this whole change of uh, being at home rather at school you know it's been great to have someone like you that's been able to support them online um, through that time what sort of challenges do you see that the kids have been facing um, well, unfortunately, in in our region, I know when in the in the local community, teen suicide was horrific. Yeah, I think we lost eight or nine teenagers during lockdowns, and it was it was just losing hope. Yeah, you know, teenagers losing hope of. Uh, and looking, waiting to go back to normal and then it not happening and then losing hope. And the biggest thing I felt was a challenge was having to support parents who were being told to put their kids as young as 9 or 10 onto antidepressants medication. Yeah. And so for me it was critical to teach parents and, and, and young people that there are so much, there's so, there's so many easy and fun ways to, to get rid of negative emotions and limiting beliefs, you don't need to medicate your children who and, and shut their emotions off yeah. when they're still developing. So that was really hard, hard, really big challenge was educating people about how the unconscious mind works and the conscious mind works and how you can set up certainty at home through routines and organisation and bring more certainty into the into their world yeah. So that they're not looking for uncertainty in other things. And when you're when you're dealing with the kids, I'd imagine you have a lot to do with the adults as well, the parents and how they deal with that as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I ended up seeing more more parents than I did children during the lockdowns. Right. Yeah. And, and teachers as well. And I know myself as a parent of teenager and a preteen and during a lockdown. The biggest effect I found was on relationships between husband and wife or in families was that pressure that it put on the relationship. Um, So, you know, uh, one of the parents could have been out working and very unhappy with the relationship, but it was like a pressure cooker, wasn't it? Yeah. And the kids were at home and having to navigate 
getting their, getting helping them with their education and having everyone on, online. Um, there were days that I I just told a lot of parents actually. This my advice was just um, just get them offline. <laughs> just just get the kids offline. Yeah. Just just go for a walk with your husband or your wife. Just and and ground yourself in nature. Yeah. That was a, a key thing. Really, was grounding in nature. Yeah. And then because there's also, I think, a lot of conflict uh, in regards to different belief systems about what's happening in the world as well. And I can imagine if there's a mum and a dad that think differently or the grandma thinks differently and then you've got the kid involved, that would, you know, really be a really challenging time for the kids. Yeah, and... And a lot of parents had so much, have, have not had because they still do have, there's so much stress and pressure on their shoulders. Yeah. And in our, in, our, in our world now of parenting, we all are expected to be perfect all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And I know my kids, they witness me, you know, have a good cry. Yeah. <laughs> I think and, we all have in the last couple of years. <laughs> I don't think we'd be human if we didn't. <laughs> and I, I wanted them to see that and go, you know, like mom's feeling really sad right now and mom's really yeah. upset because, you know, I don't know what to do here. Yeah. Um, and then they, yeah, it was, it was important to, to teach kids how to be aware of their emotions and their environment. Yeah. And, and yeah, um, yeah it was, it was, it was, it, and also um, I really, I, I with all the work that I've done in the last I, I don't know, I can't remember now like seventeen years. Yeah. One of my biggest wins was myself and as a parent and a teacher and and as a friend and a sister and a daughter and everything. All my responsibilities I have in life. Yeah. Is to be have a high high level of emotional intelligence to yeah. be able to teach that. Yeah. And. Um, my second secret, uh, five secrets to success that you don't yeah. learn at school, and the second one is awareness. And yeah. I think it was really big during what's been happening and still is happening to have to have the awareness, but to teach it to your children to think for themselves. Yeah, because you can have awareness from a very skewed perspective. Yeah, um, and then but then also you don't you you also got to teach them you know it's, it's great to find your own information yeah but you've also got to have awareness of where that information is coming from and how it makes you feel yeah and if it's making you feel bad making you feel upset depressed angry and then just have that awareness to not look at that information yeah because there were there were a lot of kids that they they had, they were off, you know, researching what was going on. They were finding stuff out, but it actually was crippling them because yeah. they were, they were actually getting depressed from that. And then other, and then other, a lot of other young people and parents and families, off and were, um, uh, were ignorant to the fact that it was even happening. So it was yeah. sort of like there's there's two polar extremes. Yeah, sort of finding that middle ground. Like it's how they regulate that, isn't it? And how the parents can help regulate that for the kids yeah yeah and I think the main thing was as a parent with children the last two years what I really noticed what one thing that worked really well was my family 
yeah. was just the whole language around when no one is excluding anyone. We are inclusive. We're always inclusive. Yeah. So if someone has a different belief system to you or is saying stuff that is really triggering you, yeah, what you think and believe could be triggering them. Yeah. And we just have to have this very compassionate, um, empathetic attitude to be inclusive. And I remember, I remember I was at the supermarket one day and there was this man who, old older man who was trying to figure out how to do shopping and it was when all the shelves were half empty. Right, yeah. And I remember just walking past and I just made sure she just told me to stop because he was having trouble and his wife was had been put into a, because um, I thought I spoke to this man, his wife had been put into a um, retirement home or aged care and she was yeah. very ill. And he was trying to make this recipe and he couldn't find the bicarb soda. Yeah. And it was really, it's really hard to find bicarb soda. Yeah. <laughs> and his mask was falling down and he was trying. And I said to him, you know, do you need some help? And, you know, help them find the bicarb soda. And then he said he was really upset with his mask. And then I said to him, you know, why don't you just just take it down? Like, because yeah. I was, I had mine. I'll take mine off too. And yeah. then, like, he just smiled. We just smiled. And then I, I didn't, I never met that man again, but just that, um, uh, he he was just really needed that someone to smile at him and say hi and so he could feel included. Yeah. And it's, and, you know, uh, I, yeah. I think it's seeking to understand, isn't it? You know, Stephen Covey says, you know, seek first to understand and then you can be understood. So being able to, you know, look back, look outside of yourself and understand those around us, how they might be feeling, if they're thinking differently from us. Um, and I think that's a respectful way to operate as a human being yeah absolutely yeah so so tell so you're not in uh the education system anymore is that right no um i made the choice um pro choice to step down last year in october i made yep. that choice to 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 leave yep. um i was i was in education to make a difference and be a positive change and especially in the area of, that I was working in, which was in maths, anxiety. Yeah. And there weren't many people around who were actually um, helping it train teachers and, and help students with anxiety. Yeah. Because um, a lot of the traditional methods, um, without going going there, because <laughs> I can't legally, but a lot of stuff, just it just doesn't work. You know, talk therapy does not work yep. in a lot of cases. In some cases it does. But when you're dealing with trauma, you know, um, especially layers of trauma, talking about it and bringing it up again is not actually focusing on solution. Yeah. So everything I do is like, all right, here's here's a problem. Yeah. Yep. Do we want it or do we not want it? Okay, we don't want it. Let's throw that away, get the learning, and here's let's focus just on the solution and we're just moving towards the solution. And so... Um, yeah, so I, I'm only, I'm now, I, I, the reason I was, um, JJ, the reason I was, I was hanging on to the bumper yeah. <laughs> of being in the institution of education, it was because I've always, uh, for the last five years, I've worked with refugee students and kids who have a lot of trauma yeah. and have been failing and failing and failing maths, sometimes for 10 years. And 
it brings me so much joy to be with them and to yeah. be person in their life that can help them and yeah. see see where the gaps are and see um, give them some tools and strategies to use and and often um, it could be the only time that someone's offered a solution and and they could feel quite in, in victim mode or quite defeated so I was, I was hanging on for them and even though I was extremely busy and I just needed to step out and do do just be a hundred percent in my business. I, I was, I was, uh, was, was great sadness. Um, I had to say goodbye. Yeah. It's, it's, it's so interesting, isn't it? With, I don't know. When I, when I started coaching was the time where I really started questioning the school system. And look, I think this, there's some great stuff in school as well. But then there was so much stuff that as an adult, I thought, firstly, why did I learn that? <laughs> and secondly, like I've never worked with hypotheses or whatever Pythagoras theory in my life again after school. Uh, but also that, you know, even history um, all of, you know, it's so important because when you're young, as you would know, you know, from the age of five to seven, that's when we start forming our belief systems around the world. Uh, and so we're learning that from our teachers. And often, yes, we learn it from our parents, but we're, we're at school for a long, you know, a long time, more time than when we're with the parents. And so, you know, even things with history that we've learnt that I'm now questioning as an adult, is that true? Um, But also from a, I suppose, a practical sense because for me as a coach, mindset is everything and I know that you share that passion because if we haven't got this right, then it's going to affect everything in our life. And so I don't feel that, that at school, when I went to school, that we were given the tools and skills to be able to empower our minds effectively so that therefore things like people going through depression or anxiety, all of that stuff I think can be eliminated. Most of that can be eliminated if you have really good teaching around it. Um, So what what are your thoughts around that? Yeah, oh, that's really exciting. I love this topic. Yeah. <laughs> One of the things that I've been really great at is merging the skill yeah. that has been taught with the mindset and the personal yeah. development yeah. And, and bringing that together. And I just spent three days, JJ, <laughs> yeah. on video training up teachers to work in my mindset tutoring program, Mindset Maths and Mindset English. Yeah. Uh, which is a big, big, um, just it, it's just the most incredible way to help kids who are behind in maths yeah. and English because it's bringing in the mindset and the mindset shift and being embedded into every single thing that you do. And I watched these teachers who were great teachers and I, I, I screened um, to get the absolute best teachers. And the sad thing is that these teachers and education support staff workers had lost their job, yeah. they were feeling defeated, having to go into like a cleaning job or, um, you know, drive a truck. So I'm, I'm, and the reason why I'm saying that it's not because I devalue those jobs, it's because 
these are teachers that might have taught for 40 years who've got kids lining up to beg to be in their classes. And they're passionate about it too, huh? Yeah, they live and breathe it because a really great teacher goes to work for their passion, not for a paycheck. Yeah. And so of, you know, the 15,000 teachers that I know of in Victoria and up up to 30,000 in Queensland and 20,000 in New South Wales, of teachers who have had to leave the profession have decided for a choice to step back. They are not the teachers that are going for a paycheck. Otherwise, they'd still be there. Yeah. A lot of them. And I'm not making a big judgment and stereotype here, but most of the teachers that I come across who are in that position are feeling a piece of them has been taken out, like someone's cut out their heart because they couldn't say goodbye to their students. Yeah. They couldn't talk to the parents. They weren't allowed to treat like a criminal, was not allowed to even a step in the car park to get them to collect their things. Yeah. And after a life of service, um, so, yeah, I'm getting on attention here, JJ, but what I, was, <laughs> what I meant to say was these great teachers, I said to them, you know, this is the science behind what you do, and now I'm going to teach you how to bring in your expertise, your passion in maths or your expertise and passion in English and here's the mindset and how the brain works and here's what we're going to do to transform these these students' thinking. Yeah. And they were just so excited and amazed and some of them were telling me how much, you know, my teachers were telling me, oh, I do that all the time. I didn't realise what I was doing. Oh, yeah. I can just add that little bit in. And now I'm changing that child's awareness and they can get out of their trauma. Yeah. And so I was really excited to learn to meet these great teachers and and to have them on board with me to um, to really help kids with some mindset, not just the maths or the English. Yeah. To have a great teacher, like I remember one of my teachers, Miss Bailey, if she's watching, listening, <laughs> I don't know where she is, uh, but she made such an impact on me as a young girl teachers can have and and they then they can have the the opposite effect you know a teacher can say one statement and i've coached people that have remembered that statement at 60 years of age and so you know to to have great role models teachers are role models they're teachers i'm a teacher i'm a coach i'm a teacher yeah uh but i find that the system is quite indoctrined mm. and what I mean by that it's 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 you know the the whole um, material that that um, most schools are told to taught are not adaptable for kids and I remember listening to a it was uh, an experiment that happened uh, you probably would have heard of this experiment Ruth where there were two groups of kids and one group of kids were seen as the high achievers and then the other group of kids were seen as the slow learners. And what they did was they actually got some teachers and they gave the high achievers to a set of teachers and they told them that they were the slow learners. And then they got the slow learners to another group of teachers and they told the teachers that these were the high achievers. And it was interesting what happened because the teachers that had the high achievers but thought they were slow learners, these guys, their learning capacity went down because they treated, you know, they they treated them as such. 
Now, these guys that were slow learners, they the teachers were teaching them and they weren't grasping it straight away. So then the teachers thought, oh, hold on a minute. These are high achievers. It must be us and our teaching that's not working. So we have to adjust it. So they adjusted their teaching and then they started to thrive. And it was, you know, them labelling, you know, the, the high achievers and the slow learners just by labelling groups of people or individuals in a certain way and not being able to adapt. I think it's beautiful for what you're doing because you're really adapting to the individual. You know, you're really adapting to that child who, uh, you know, has different interests. And as I said, that mindset is really important that you, and, and has different traumas, different belief systems, you know, different stuff at home. All of those things are so important, aren't they? Absolutely. And I know um, having two children, how completely polar opposite they are in their, and it's, it, it asks parents in the same way, but yeah. their beliefs are slightly different. They, um, they would both be labeled completely different in the school system, which, which they have. You know, I have one high achiever who I'd call him a high achiever, yeah. and I hate labels of throwing them all out. But, you know, he's always been, you know, a year or two years ahead in this curriculum. He's yeah. always been very confident, and he's always just everything you touch kind of turns to gold. Yeah. And he receives like a $5,000 scholarship thanks to um, doing his um, a lot of work in his um, public speaking, and he yeah. had, had, had a session with you, I remember. I know, little champion. <laughs> so proud of him where he's come. <laughs> and, then, so, um, and then, you know, became, you know, year seven captain, year eight captain, and just immediately just just, just blew a stage away. And, 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 and then another child who has always hated school or has been begging me to homeschool for three years actually invested in crypto on his birthday money and Christmas money because yeah. he, he asked me how much it would cost to pay a teacher or to pay me to stay home so he yeah. could do homeschool because he hates <laughs> school that much <laughs> yeah. because he has an auditory processing disorder. And when he was five, he, he got, he got uh, had a health problem, got anaphylactic to nuts. And I, knowing what I know and what I do, I, I refused to accept that his life was going to be, you know, just being allergic to everything, but yeah. it was one, then it was the next, and it was the next. Yeah. So he did some treatment and he got rid of it. So now yeah. he can eat nuts. Wow, that's amazing. And, um, but he missed some phonics in grade five because he was at appointments and then he got a little bit behind and then he's such a social, you know, butterfly. Yeah. What people thought of him was important. So he then decided he had a belief system that he's stupid and he couldn't read. And so it took me three years, even knowing what I know, for him to love reading and to be to be able to read, yeah. And the effects of that, I'm still working with that daily. The yeah. effects of what happened, just it just takes one teacher in one for one year, which is a common story that I get from parents. You know, yeah. When my son was in grade four, he was top of the class in maths, loved maths. But then in grade five, just went and through a horrible year, yeah. and and then and then he's they've lost their confidence and. Yeah, so it's just this, so basically the short wind of explanation, JJ, is having two polar opposite children, the best thing for both of my children at the moment, even if I wasn't, even if nothing existed, even if the C word and the V word did not exist, 
the best thing in the world for my children is homeschooling right now. Yeah. And and it was an epiphany for me because I um, had a lot of fear and judgment about the potential of homeschooling, even yeah. though it's been in my head for so long. Yeah. Um, and I had a moment when my son came into my office, my oldest child who um, was did really well in school, you, you know, cliche, perfect student, yeah. came in and just bowled his eyes out and said, Mum, I have nothing in common with anyone in my school. Yeah. I can't take another lesson doing analysing texts about COVID. I can't have another conversation with anyone in my year level about they don't understand minds, they don't understand, they all want to talk about the fear and everything of what's happening in the world and I feel like I'm always alone and just devastated, horrible. Yeah. And could see him really thinking that he was unusual and weird and different and then already me, me as a parent going, Oh, I didn't even realize it would be affecting him as much as the little one because the little one's the one who who rocks the boat all the time and yeah. is the one coming home, you know, because he's trying to process his day where he's gotten into trouble for speaking out about something. Yeah. And, yeah, so just JGL was awful and I thought, right, I have to create my own school system <laughs> for, these, for my son. And that was the day where... I created inclusive learning and it was for my children initially. Yeah. I thought, well, how can I make a group of like-minded parents and kids? Because I want, I'm, I was completely selfish. I want my ki- my kids to have friends that think like them. Yeah. I, I don't want them to feel like they're the only person that has emotional or um, emotional intelligence or awareness about themselves, who they are, and what's going on in the world. Yeah. And they're feeling different. So, yeah, I was completely selfish. I created it for, for <laughs> me, for my children, and then just went, everyone, a couple of people said to me, well, I want that too, and I want that too. Can you yeah. just make it bigger and give me your stuff? <laughs> and I, Well, I'm glad that you did. And you, the interesting thing is that, and we talked about indoctrined and belief systems and all of that, and... If I think back as a parent, the decisions, and of course we always want to make the right decisions for our kids, but I've changed my mindset in regards to, I think sometimes we we put, we, we have this belief system, it's like a box, and this is how things should be. You know, you, you have children, they go to school, they come home from school, they finish year 12, they go to college, they get a good job, they get... We have this whole system of how it should be based on how we've been indoctrined, <laughs> how we've been taught, how the belief systems are. But what about if that's not true? And I think if I had my time again as a parent, I would absolutely homeschool again, at uh, homeschool. I would absolutely, without a doubt, because I think I want to know what my my child, my kids are, uh, you know, their belief systems. I want them to. I want to be part of that, and I think, and and I think there's there'd be a lot of challenges around homeschooling, but I think values and beliefs that you want to instill in your children, it's important that we're we're a part of that. So I would absolutely have homeschooled. Um, what do you think? the challenges are with homeschooling? Oh, they are great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're great. 
Um, look, uh, the biggest, I think the biggest thing is time. Yeah. Time and, and fear of, I think the biggest fear people have is the making the decision. It's very hard to make that decision as an educator. I don't know. And I don't, I, I know how I felt. So someone who's, who's not an educator having made yeah. that decision, is even a big, bigger decision. And I really think the fear that we have, it's not even our fear, but it comes from generations back. But yeah. I remember um, I was sitting there and I was, I was talking to my sister about it and I knew my only option was homeschool. I knew I had to get to that point. And even though I knew it, I kept saying all these excuses and I was hearing myself talk and go, why am I making a decision based on the judgment of someone I don't know or that I do know or family members? Yeah. And even family members who were deceased, I yeah. was scared of their judgment because when I was a kid growing up, yeah. there was some someone in my family who, because it was, a very, it was a very minority of people homeschooled their kids. Yeah. And they're always extreme. It was always someone who got they picked on at family barbecues. You know, people would talk and make fun of them because they yeah. were weird and homeschooling their kids. And I thought, oh my God, what are people going to say about me? And then I thought, and if I'm, if I'm, if I'm, putting myself out there in my business as an expert and I make the wrong decision and my kids was all these fears of what was going to happen to them. They wouldn't have the same opportunities and they wouldn't have friends. And, you know, I'm going to have a teenager sitting on gaming the whole whole week, being online if he's doing online schooling. So much fear and judgment, JJ. Yeah. And and then I thought about it and I realised how amazing it could be. Like, yeah. How completely transformational and amazing it could be with the right routines, the right organization, the right intention, because intention is everything. Yeah. And also knowing myself that I was going to outsource a lot of the teaching. Most of the teaching is going to go to yeah. someone else. So our relationship is separate. Yeah. And, you know, I can teach maths, but I don't really want to teach my kids maths. I'm happy to teach everyone else's kids fast yeah. <laughs> but just having having that awareness well there you know um if we if we because money is a big thing money was huge as well thinking if i'm giving up my day job and let's say i get friendly dollars from my day job but i'm paying 20 or 30 dollars for my kid to have a teacher and they're working with that teacher even in a group of five yeah and that teacher cares about them has the same beliefs and values as me, and that teacher has a relationship with me. Yeah. And my my child has so much rapport with them. Yeah. And they're not being stopped for behaviour issues. When I'm not having to travel, I'm not having to pay for uniforms and books and and the, the time. You know, um, could be two hours a day in travel. Yeah. Um, and the money that I, the money I'm paying for that is so worth it like it's it's worth it 10 times 20 times yeah. to have that pressure off my shoulders as a parent yeah so it's really having a a good system you know because we're used to the system of taking getting the kids up in the morning rushing out the door um and you know taking them to school then picking up at three thirty or whatever it is uh, it's just a different system it's just getting used to that system that works for you because I can imagine there's a lot of pros to 
homeschooling other than learning being able to adapt the learning for the individual child to do some fun stuff getting out there in nature you know all of the stuff that I think that and the mindset stuff uh you know I think all of that and you don't have to rush and get up in the morning and get them changed you know uh and and you've you can spend time with them as well you know you've got that time with with your child so how do you think what systems that you think are important for someone that's thinking about homeschooling yeah great question um and this is a question i thought about for a while um yeah i it has to you have to bring certainty into the home like that's my biggest broadest and most my best advice is um school has you know a, a degree of certainty with it for children and yeah. a world of uncertainty, we have to balance that human need. And yeah. so the bells go at you know, exactly the same time, don't they? And yeah. um, whether you agree or disagree with how that works, children have been almost hypnotised into that, that organisational system. Yeah. They know when to go. They know when to go to their locker. They know, and they know the session times and a timetable. So my first point of call is making a timetable, a learning timetable. Yeah. And also I want my children to take responsibility for their learning. Yeah. And because when you're in, in, in the system of education, in, in, you know, in the traditional school system, that power gets taken away from you. Yeah. So we can't just go, well, we're taking our kid out of school. Well, if I'm taking my kid out of school, I can't just expect them to be self-learners straight away because they've got to learn how to do that. Yeah. So with my children... The majority of their lessons and their their schoolwork is going to be done between Monday and Thursday. I've got one child who likes to get up early and one child who likes to sleep in. Yeah. So the class, the actual class of English and maths, because I'm making the timetable. Yeah. yeah. Um, I've got this. So my my program that I've created, Inclusive Learning, has numeracy and literacy, so maths and English covered for the Australian curriculum. Yeah. And it's about three hours a week where they have a small, tiny little class with a teacher, I'm the math teacher, and Jacinta, who's amazing, is the English teacher. Yeah. And they have their live class and it's recorded. Yeah. And then it goes in a library in case someone's travelling or yeah. wants to come back and watch it again. And then they have time to ask questions. So there's sort of like three levels of that of that one subject because there's the live class and the skill is delivered. Yeah. The teaching. Then there's the integration and practicing the skill, which they could do themselves if they don't want to talk to the teacher. Yeah. But there's nothing worse than sticking kids on computers for three hours. Yeah. Know, for one subject. That's not needed. Yeah. It's not, you don't need to sit and stare at a computer. And yeah. then the, the other session is, you know, and the teacher is available those whole, all those for all those times to do the question and answers and, you know, to help kids and then to do a reflection and bring it all together. Yeah. So... So in terms of the organisation structure in my house, I'm putting the power to my children because they're a bit older to choose and make their own timetable around when the teacher's going to be on, when they're going to get up. There's certain, you know, certain goals because, because two subjects that are bringing into this system, JJ, is there's a personal development and mindset subject. Yay. I'm running that and so I will be teaching them my five secrets of success so how to self-belief how to believe in yourself and how to set goals Um, awareness which we talked about already emotional awareness 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 of self awareness of environment 
And awareness of environment will be really critical for them taking ownership of their room and their homeschool area and where they're going to work. Yeah. And and I never, ever, um, when I work with kids, I never, and parents too, adults too, I never tell them what to think. So I always guide them and they tell me what they're going to do. I don't tell them what to do. Yeah. They'll come to me. They'll say, oh, yeah, I really shouldn't be, be near my computer when I'm doing my writing or I'm going to be tempted to, te- to check Discord <laughs> yeah. or play games or get messages. Yeah. So then, and then, so then there's also the community subject, which is where they can have a passion project. And the other secrets, of course, is making mistakes, yeah. mindset and finding your why. Yeah. And that will be embedded. And so it will be linked to exactly because um, it will be linked to the curriculum that we're doing at the time as well. So yeah. mindset will be embedded into English and maths as well, which is what I do. And that's the beauty of it. Yeah. And, and the community subject is going to be their passion project where they can have their social interaction with each other and the outside community because the socialization is what most a lot of people will worry about in homeschool because they're not yeah in that environment. absolutely but the different point of difference here would be that their socialization is with like-minded people and so they're not because socialization people say oh but you know you're going to homeschool your kids well how are they develop their social needs yeah well if they're hanging out with the average five uh putting them down and they're feeling bad and they get into trouble then how is that good for them yeah i love that yeah 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 um and so so basically with me i move states i move states yeah and we've set up a room in our home just for the homeschooling which is where i'm sitting actually because yep. it faces the garden and it's got not good lighting. Yep. And we literally have got um, garage shelving, like Bunnings shelves. I bought a um, dining setting off Facebook for like $200. Yeah. And bought a cheap printer and decided, you know what, it doesn't have to be complicated, low budget. We just moved yep. states. Um, we wanted to just set up the structure of it. So when we come in this room, this is a vibe of learning. It's a happy yeah. place to be. There's no technology in here. I put my laptop in here, but there's no gaming in here. Yeah. But oh, especially if you're worried about um, teenage boys <laughs> being yeah. on games, not just teenagers. But so this area is for homeschooling. Yeah. And so that's separate to their bedroom. That's separate. So and then all of the posters are going up on the wall now, like all the timetables and. Yeah, so yeah. the organisation and routines, JJ, in summary, is really important. And to- it's similar to what I'm seeing is it's similar to, because I know that a lot of parents have had to adjust to working from home. And so they've had to think about, oh, instead of driving to the office and uh, having the structure of being there at 9 o'clock or whatever, they've had to then think about, well, how am I going to structure my my working day, where am I going to, you know, do my business? And so even where you interact, as you said, having a room for when you're doing your work uh, from from a homeschool room, taking out any technology that you don't want there, it's really just setting up your environment, isn't it, to yeah, make sure yeah. that it's that it really helps and, you succeed. And, yeah, the, the whole thing about this, this program and everything that I've been doing recently 
is we look back on our mistakes, don't we? And we think, where did I go wrong? Like when that happened, where did yeah. I go wrong? <laughs> and like, as you know, I wrote a book about making mistakes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, I think I think to myself, it was all in my intention. Like if yeah. I have a belief that homeschooling my kids is going to be difficult, I'm not going to get any of my work done, and we're just going to be fighting all the time, we have to force them to do their work, and it's going to be a disaster, I'm going to get judged and laughed at by the community and my family. Yeah. Then I'm actually in that state of being, aren't I, an yeah. attraction. Like I'm actually just going, here I am, I'm yeah. come and get me, disaster. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, I've set an intention that it's going to be easy, um, I'm going to have time to run my business and my business is teaching. So I'll be teaching. My kids will be learning the same time. Yeah. Um, it's it's going to be it's going to be fun to go. You know, who wants to cook lunch today? Yeah. You know. Yeah, and that can be part of the process because yeah, again, then, it's yeah. a practical stuff, right? You're teaching kids yeah, to cook. There's and... the maths. There's the maths. There's the English. Yeah. How much there's, you measure? Yeah, everything. everything. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Go out shopping and do the budgeting for the shopping yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah I love yeah, that. Look, like the actual, and I know that when um, my kids were home and during the lockdowns, um, there were so many projects that we did in the garden and outside, and, and having a break to go walk on the beach. Yeah. And then we came, took photos, came back, and did all the writing for what we saw at the beach and yeah. found some crabs and stuff. So, was just, just um, I think we we're so used to being busy, being busy. Yeah. That if we if we just stop and relax and center ourselves and go, actually, what is learning? What is learning? Yeah. Exactly. You know, it's, it's not mimicking and parroting back information. That's not learning. That's yeah. Not it's not remembering stuff and just having to regurgitate whatever you've been taught. It's re- yeah to really learn how to critically think, isn't it? And be creative. Yeah, and, yeah. and look, I, I am getting goosebumps now. It's very exciting. But I have this philosophy around learning now. It has, it's probably always been like it, but for in, in this, and what we're in the new energy in the earth, the earth's new energy right now and the frequency we're in right now, it's all about our young people need to learn how to learn, unlearn, and relearn. Yeah. If you think mm. about how many jobs we've had over our lifetime, we cannot expect that the future to be the same for our young people. Yeah. Um, they have to be innovative, creative. They have to be able to be resilient. And yeah. how they have to be able to relearn skills and unlearn old habits that don't serve them. And I think so that's, that's the same for us, Ruth. We're yeah. going to learn, we're learning, you know, unlearn and relearn. We should be doing that, you know, and I think the more we can all do that, my goodness, imagine the impact that's going to have in the world if we can do that. Brilliant. Yeah. So, well, so, that's what I've written in my, um, my personal development. Sorry, JJ. Yeah. That's how I've designed it, to teach them, you know, what's something that you can unlearn right now? What's yeah. something that you need to go back and learn again? Yeah. And then what are you going to learn today about yourself? So yeah. that that like to create that metacognition when when net, like when they're younger. So cuz I don't want my kids to have all the troubles I had. <laughs> you know, when right. growing up and yeah. making countless really big bad decisions. Yeah. So 
yeah um sorry i cut you off no that's that's (laughs) awesome so how do people get in contact with you that want to work with you ruth well the best the best way great um is by email or by phone just like make your phone i can just chat to you on the phone yeah because i've got um email my email is i can put it in the give you it in writing as well jj but it's ruth yeah r-u-t-h at r-j-h education solutions with an s plural dot com that's my email um so if whether you're homeschooling or not if you're looking for someone to help with English or maths, tutoring or homeschooling, or just you know, know someone who's got learning difficulties or anxiety. Uh, I see clients all the time, one on one, in in group situations for anxiety. Yeah, and and also you can get my book from my website as well if you will. I was going to ask you about that. So you've got your book. Have you got yes, your book there yet? Yeah, yeah. So just from where's your website? What's your website? So my, my website is the same as my business name. So it's rjheducationsolutions.com beautiful and i'll pop that in the um down below when i've got the youtube uh i'll click this in into youtube and so it'll be on there guys so if anyone wants um to get in contact with ruth so thank you so much ruth i could speak to you for hours um, (laughs) but it's jj's rapid question time and I know oh, you've got some questions for me. <laughs> Let's do, have fun. Those of you that haven't listened to uh, a podcast before, we have rapid question time and I fire some fun questions to my guests and they fire some back, which can be a little <laughs> bit concerning sometimes. <laughs> oh, I'm nervous already. <laughs> but let's go. All right. Are you ready? I'm ready as I'm ever going to be. Bro. Okay. What's your favourite book to read? Oh, Think and Grow Rich. I know it's a cliche, but Beautiful. I just read that book again and again and again. Love it. What hidden talent have you got? Well, um, oh, my very first personal development conference I went to in Sydney, I karate chopped wood, a piece of pine, in half. Beautiful. And I, we said it was no karate training at all, just yeah. was um, being in the right state of mind. Beautiful. And I've done it again since. So, um, that's so watch out, comment. people. <laughs> <laughs> what, pe- what peeves you off? Sorry, what was that? What peeves you off? Oh, so much. There's one thing. <laughs> um, one thing is um, animal abuse. Great. Same. Who would play you in a movie? Oh, I would have to say one of my avatars is, she's not, not an actress, but Lara Croft. Yes. Oh, I love Lara Yes. So I, I have an ambition secretly to turn my body into Lara Croft's body. Yeah, love it. <laughs> so um, it would have to be um, Angelina Jolie, wouldn't it? But yeah. in that, you know, Tomb yeah, Raider, yeah, Lara Croft. Uh, if you were asked to cook a dish, what would you cook? Oh, I'll just cook it in a really nice Sunday roast, you know, like roast lamb and veggies. Yeah, that's always a winner. Um, A mentor of yours? Uh, I've got so many mentors. Um, One of my really 
oh, who would I pick? I've got so many. I invest so much in my <laughs> mentorship. Um, would have to be Devana Eliandra in Western Australia because she taught me how to tap into my spiritual side to believe in who I am and just being authentic. So it would have to be her. Beautiful. And she's been she's been the inspiration I got from working with her created the um, homeschool. So beautiful. Love it. Designer. Love it. <laughs> Strangest thing you've ever eaten? Snails. Right. Favourite place to travel? Favourite place to travel. There's a um, there's an island in New Zealand that was my favourite place to travel uh, yeah. and it was down um, by the Milford, Melbourne, Melbourne Sound. Yeah, beautiful. Just, just amazing and uh, that would be my favourite place. I'd love to go to New Zealand again. Craziest thing you've ever done? Um, I've done so many things. Okay, I have to say, um, I sold my house. I bought a new, I bought a four-wheel drive and a caravan, and I took my kids and my dog around Australia in a caravan, not knowing how to reverse park. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> caravan. And in so, one one quick sentence, your legacy that you want to leave. Every single person can discover their inner strength and be the dream. Beautiful. Love it. Love it. All right. Your 10 are done. Oh, okay, far away, far away my 10. I'm rethinking my questions yeah, now. Yeah, just go for not it. as exciting. <laughs> <laughs> um, your favourite memory of being a teenager? My favourite memory of being a teenager would be when I, well, I used to be a professional dancer, so I used to dance at um, weddings and stuff. So I absolutely love that. Wow. Mm. That's exciting. <laughs> Question two. If you're an animal, it could be any animal, what would you be? Uh, I'd have to say, well, there'd be three. <laughs> <laughs> I love dogs. I'm passionate about dogs. I absolutely adore them. Uh, or I also love elephants and I also love dolphins. I just adore them. Oh, so lovely. I had to be three. You couldn't pick. You'd have to be a, a, a morphed yeah. gold dolphin and elephant yeah. together, maybe. Or one, you know, one each week or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you come across Aladdin's lamp and you get free wishes, what would your free wishes be? Oh, that's a good one. Can I say uh, as many wishes as I want? <laughs> <laughs> um, gee, those three wishes would be to... Oh, that's that's a challenging one. Uh, I'd say peace in the world, but to to rid the world of any evil, uh, to be oh, I don't know what else I would say, um, but that's a definite one. Um, and just to bring a better world and to be the best version of myself that I can serve the world. That would be my three. Oh, lovely. If you go on an escape on a holiday. What would it be? Beach or bush? Beach. beach. <laughs> I love beach. <laughs> Question five. Where did you go to primary school? In my my first primary school was in um, oh, I think Collingwood, actually. And then I went to Clifton Hill. I lived in Melbourne. I live in Geelong now, for those that don't know. <laughs> okay, this 
Now, this is a, a question because I know how much public speaking you've done. Yeah. What is the strangest or most unique place where you did public speaking? I did it in a place in New Zealand, actually. It wasn't really a strange place, but everything went wrong at the start. We couldn't get in. I had the guest coming. The person that was supposed to let us in didn't let us in. Um, and then my guest ended up setting up the event space for me. Uh, and we had the best time ever. <laughs> it was hilarious. Awesome. Okay, this is a cooking question. Yes. What is the hardest recipe you've ever made and succeeded in? Oh, I don't know. Uh, what would be the hardest recipe? Because I've seen so many I things know, on I don't know. I, I don't know what that would be. I suppose every new big recipe that I've done, um, you know, the first time when I was learning to cook, uh, you know, some people say I can't, you can't cook. Well, I think anyone can cook. It's just about um, a recipe, following the recipe and doing it over and over and over again. So, you know, the first time I cooked lasagna was a challenge. Now I cook it with my eyes closed. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Um, what is a funny mistake that you've made that led to a, weird, a new opportunity, a funny mistake? A funny mistake that I've made. I'm making mistakes all the time um, and because if I don't, I'm not learning and, and I, that's a really big belief for me. Um, I've done funny things. I've, I've actually presented and fallen over and then that's been a time where everyone's wanted to sign up on my course. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe that's it. <laughs> well, that's perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Um, question nine. What is your person? Now, this question was I had, I was one question short. Yeah. And my son Riley gave me this question. Okay. Uh, what is your personal kryptonite? Love. That's love. it. Love. I love that. Yep. <laughs> and question ten: If you could do have a a sit down dinner in private with five people, dead or alive, who would you invite? I would definitely invite my dad, who's no longer with us. I would have my dad. I'd invite my son, who's who's no longer with us, um, Raymond. So the two Raymonds. My dad's name was Raymond and my son's name was Raymond. So I'd have the two Raymonds. Then I would have God. And then I would have oh, the last two. I don't know what the last two. I might have someone fun like, I don't know, Elvis Presley <laughs> for the music and for the comedy. Maybe someone, oh, who can I have for the comedy? Oh, I don't know. I oh, know I have Tony Robbins. Yeah, I'd love to chat with Tony. <laughs> Great. Yay, the 10 were done. Yay. Thank you so much, Ruth. I uh, really appreciate it. You've been such a joy and I could absolutely talk to you for another hour. Um, so thank you so much. I'll put your details down below. I know that homeschooling is a hot topic at the moment. So I'm sure you're going to get a lot of people contacting you and asking you questions and getting your amazing book that you wrote, because I think that's fantastic to have a tool at home that you can flip 
you know, flick through and get some great ideas um, because I know our intentions as parents are always to do the best thing for our kids. So, and I think now is the time to look outside the box and say we can do things differently. So thank you so much. Uh, and yes, I'll have to have you back on again later on after you've set up all these homeschooling stuff. And um, yeah, I'd love to have you back on. Thank you so much. Thank you, JJ. Thanks, Ruth. Thanks for tuning in to Be Your Own Best Coach with JJ. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast and follow me on Instagram at JJ Speaker Coach. And remember to live with insatiable passion, create an empowered life and inspire others to live theirs.